And hello to you and welcome to the Motivation Podcast from MotivateYourself.co.uk. I'm Richard Nichols, and I'm here to guide, to teach, and to motivate you to be the best you can be. It's episode three of my July special on happiness. I hope you're all having a great July so far. And today's episode is going to concentrate on the way we spend our money in order to boost our mood. Because I was talking with a client the other morning about some research in the 70s that studied lottery winners in the USA. It looked at their levels of happiness and compared them with some random people from the phone book and found that not only were the lottery winners no happier or optimistic than the random people out the phone book, but they actually found that the characters with stacks of cash at their disposal were less likely to get pleasure from some of the simpler things in life that the phone book people could. And yet, if you ask anybody, well, ask a majority of people, what would they like to see happen to make them happier? I'm fairly sure that lots of them will say, more money. And yet there is no research at all that proves that that would work. Not directly, anyway. Having more money could mean you could get the opportunity to spend more time with your family, and yeah, that makes us happy. But the money itself? No. There is some research that showed that if you have earned the money that you have, rather than just you know won it in a lottery, then um, the pride that comes with the hard work does lift us up. But that could simply be that the lottery winners, especially the the big Euro million ones, um, they have to try and defend their lottery win in their mind. It's often said that lottery winners struggle to think that they deserve the money. And even if you hide the win from other people and remain anonymous, which a lot of the big winners do, otherwise everyone they've ever met comes out of the woodwork and says, oh, you can't possibly spend all that money in a lifetime. Here, let me help you. You might be able to hide it from everybody else, but you can't hide it from yourself. And that nagging doubt that you don't deserve it takes a while to shut up, apparently. Anyway, the reason I talk about this is um, because of some of the mistakes that we make when we do have some spare cash, even if it's just a tenner. You see, research has shown that the way we spend even a small amount of money has a direct effect upon the blood flow into certain areas of the brain that are responsible for reward. A study by the University of British Columbia looked into the relationship between income, spending and happiness. It was a a big uh, national survey and everyone involved was asked to rate their happiness, to put down their income and provide quite a fairly detailed breakdown of the amount of money that they spent on things for themselves, gifts for others, Donations for charity, things like that. And what they discovered is those who spent more of their income on other people were far happier than those who spent it on themselves. And yet, we could easily assume that if we want to cheer ourselves up, then we need to go and treat ourselves. Treat That's ourselves, not someone else. And so critics of the study... Uh, claim maybe the university got the direction of causality wrong, that it's not treating others that makes you happy, but instead it's just that happy people are more likely to buy gifts for other people because they don't need to cheer themselves up. So, they did another experiment in which they had participants fill in a questionnaire about their levels of happiness 
and were randomly assigned to one of two groups. Each group was given an envelope with a smallish amount of money in it, not much. I think it was $5 or $20, somewhere between that sort of area. And one group was specifically asked to go out and buy something for themselves. And the other group had to go out and buy something as a gift for somebody else. And when they got back from the shops, they were asked to fill in another questionnaire about their happiness levels. And yet again, what they found is that the participants that were buying people gifts reported feeling significantly happier than the people who had spent the money on themselves, dispelling this myth that treating ourselves would lift our mood. So what's going on in the brain there? Why aren't we getting happier when we treat ourselves compared to treating others? And to try and figure this out, um, another experiment was undertaken by the University of Oregon and was published in Science magazine with the wonderfully titled report Neural Responses to Taxation and Voluntary Giving Reveal Motives for Charitable Donations. And so this time, it was virtual cash and virtual people that were being gifted. The participants in the study lay in an fMRI machine, a brain scanner, and were shown images of a virtual bank account with 100 quid in it on a screen. Firstly, they saw some of the money go down to represent paying taxes, but they saw it go specifically to people in need. And they were then given the choice of donating more money to charity or keeping it for themselves. And what was picked up by the brain scanner was that when we see our money going to someone in need of it, particularly when it was our own choice, two areas of the brain, the chordate nucleus and the nucleus accumbens, become more active. Now, these areas of the brain are only normally active when we get rewarded ourselves, not when others are being rewarded. And so it showed that there is a direct link between helping others and the reward pathways of our brain that makes us happy. It makes us contented, satisfied. In fact, that area of the brain usually lights up when we've had a good meal. And someone else followed on from this research. I've mentioned her before and her team, Sonia Lyabamursky. And her and her colleagues have done quite a lot of research into happiness over the years. And what they did to follow up from the, the uh, giving money to people makes you happy experiment, was to arrange for people to do non-financial acts. What they said, um, what they described as acts of kindness. And they had to do five acts of kindness per week for six weeks. And it didn't matter how small, it could be as simple as writing a thank you note to their teacher, visiting a relative, giving blood, that sort of thing. And they had questionnaires before and after the experiment six weeks later. These questionnaires looked at their overall well-being. What it found is that small acts of kindness spread over a week don't have a particularly significant effect on our happiness. There was some, but not very much. But some of the participants in the study, probably just a get these acts of kindness out of the way, we're doing the five things per week all on the same day. So just one day of kindness per week for six weeks. Now they reported a huge difference in their well-being. Yet for the other six days of the week they were behaving in the same way as they did before the experiment and it was only one day 
where they practice this kindness stuff. Seems as if, being a nice person, and despite what the media says, a huge majority of people are nice, that isn't all that important. Because if it's actually part of our habits already to be decent, and with it being a habit, we tend to be that way without thinking, and that doesn't seem to light up our reward pathway, and any tiny extra bits of kindness are indistinguishable from our normal behaviour. But doing a few kind things in a short space of time lights up the reward pathway and boosts our mood, making us happier for longer. And by the time it fades away, a week has gone by, and we do it again. So maybe we should all take up some sort of voluntary work for one evening a week and go out of our way to help people a little. It sounds nicer than popping antidepressants anyway. Have you ever heard of Kiva, by the way? K-I-V-A, Kiva. They're a a non-profit organisation that work with microfinance institutions all over the world, helping to create low-cost loans to people on little or, or, or no income to help them, usually with their businesses. Uh, but they, just, they do do personal stuff as well. So if, from a business perspective, if someone needs £1,000 to buy some sheep and 100 people donate 10 quid, then 100 people feel quite good about themselves and the shepherd earns his £1,000 back in wool sales eventually and repays the loan and 100 people get their tenors back to either withdraw for themselves or to give it away again through Kiva and put it towards, I don't know, a farmer who needs a cow. And it's extremely rare for anyone to lose their donation, but hey, even if you do, it's no different than donating a tenor to comic relief when you've got no chance of getting it back and don't expect or intend to. With Kiva, you get to see where the money is going and see people's stories. So go to Kiva. Is it Kiva.org? Yes, Kiva.org. And you can read uh, people's stories. You can help a uh, Nicaraguan family get a set of solar panels or a guy from El Salvador to consolidate his debts and save money. It's very low risk and it does give us a, a good buzz knowing that we're actually making a difference in the world because just spending our money on iPhones isn't going to make us any happier. And I really do try and practice what I preach here. I've had the same iPhone 3GS since they first came out back in 2009, I think it was. And I know that the newer ones are faster, clearer, shinier. But I also know full well that spending 500, 600 quid on a phone is not going to make me any happier than if I hadn't. Not in the long term, anyway. I've spoken about hedonistic habituation before. How we get so used to the stuff that we have, and the pleasure we gained from buying it has long since faded away. And it's not a worthwhile way of cheering yourself up. You just end up running out of money and feeling worse. Whereas using your money to have experiences will make a much bigger difference and last far, far longer. Spending £600 on a phone would make me happy for about a fortnight. And after that, it's just the phone and it's no more special than the last one but spending that money on a long weekend away somewhere makes a much bigger difference yet it goes against what everybody presumes we make this assumption that in order to get long-term pleasure from something 
It has to be tangible. We have to touch it. We have to be able to see it all the time to remind ourselves that we have these new shoes or laptop or whatever. But no. Seeing it every day degrades it, dilutes it down. Um, as David Myers, who's the, uh, was the professor of psychology at Hope College in Michigan once said, thanks to our capacity to adapt to ever greater fame and fortune, yesterday's luxuries can soon become today's necessities and tomorrow's relics. But the holiday in the little college, cottage over a bank holiday weekend can never degrade. Because we're not going to be exposed to it over and over again. That nice weekend break for 500 quid could be worth loads more pleasure than actually buying the cottage for 500 grand and going there every weekend. Research has shown, time and time again, that even thinking about the purchase of a product versus thinking about the purchase of an experience has a massive difference in our happiness levels. Talking about buying something that we really liked buying, and something that we really wanted and talking about it, has little or no effect on our mood. But talking about an experience, describing a, a concert we went to, or a skydiver, or a holiday, has a dramatic one. So in short, to conclude today's episode, in order to spend our time and money wisely, we need to buy experiences, not products. We need to treat other people to things rather than just ourselves. And if money is tight, remember that performing five non-financial acts of kindness once per week will have a great effect too. Righto, you lovely people. Thank you very much for tuning in again, and I will see you next week and we'll do something else. Not quite sure what yet. Something about physiology, I think. Maybe an extension on the body language episode. We'll see. Content is subject to change anyway. Bye for now, folks, and have a great week.